And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Thursday, July the 21st, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On July 21, 1925, the monkey trial, that's what they called it, it ended in Dayton, Tennessee, with John T. Scopes found guilty of violating state law for teaching Darwin's theory of evolution. However, the conviction was later overturned on a technicality, of course. Today, in 1861, during the Civil War, the first Battle of Bull Run was fought at Manassas, Virginia, resulting in a Confederate victory. Today, in 1944, American forces landed on Guam during World War II. They captured it from the Japanese about three weeks later. Today, in 1972, the Irish Republican Army carried out 22 bombings in Belfast, Northern Ireland, killed nine people, injured 130. This day, which was a Friday in 1972, became known as Bloody Friday. Today, in 1999, Navy divers found and recovered the bodies of John F. Kennedy Jr., his wife, Carolyn, and sister-in-law, Lauren Bissett, she was a well-known actress at the time, as you may know and recall. They found their bodies in the wreckage of Kennedy's plane in the Atlantic Ocean off Martha's Vineyard. Today in 2016, Donald Trump accepted the GOP presidential nomination with a speech in which he pledged, I went back and read most of it, in which he pledged that as president he would restore the safety they feared they were losing Strictly curb immigration, save the nation from Hillary Clinton's record of death, destruction, terrorism, and weakness. That was today, 2016. This morning, about two hours ago, the White House announced that President Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID-19. This is despite the fact that he is vaccinated and has had two booster shots and the White House has gone to great, great lengths to keep him separated. Just this last week, he was in a meeting and they kept him 10 feet apart from everyone. They have gone the extra mile, I'll tell you for sure, kept him isolated much more than any other public official. And yet he has now tested positive for COVID. The White House statement says that Biden is experiencing mild symptoms. He's now taking Paxlovid or something like that. I, I, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's P-A-X-L-O-B-I-D. That's what he's, that's what they're giving him today. The White House assured that President Biden will work remotely and he will carry out all of his duties. That would be a real turnaround because even before covid Many feel that he has not been carrying out all of his duties. We'll talk a little bit more about that this morning in a moment. But when former President Donald Trump tested positive for COVID in 2020, President Biden, he said Trump bore some responsibility for getting infected with COVID because he would often not wear a mask or social distance at campaign events. He was very critical of Trump when he got COVID. In fact, Joe Biden said to NBC News, he said, quote, look, anybody who contracts the virus by essentially saying masks don't matter, social distancing doesn't matter, I think is, is responsible for what happens to them. 
It was one year ago today, ironically, that Joe Biden said this, quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Today, one year later, he's tested positive for COVID. Also during his campaign, you may recall, he promised to shut down COVID-19. That has not happened. And that's probably beyond his reach as president, perhaps anyone who would be in that office. I don't know. But he did promise, and he did it enthusiastically. He's going to shut down the virus, not the country. His COVID positivity comes a day after he said yesterday he currently has cancer. When it appeared that the press says he meant to say, he didn't mean to say, he just said that. He thought he'd throw it out there, and if it stuck, it would work, and if it didn't stick, you know, no problem. I saw that. I saw his words. I saw the video clip. He's, he said, I have cancer, like a lot of others. But anyway, when they called him on it, he said he meant to say that he had cancer removed um, because his family had to use windshield wipers. I'm quoting the president here had to use windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window, talking about pollution in his hometown or where he grew up. And um, this was when he, as he was launching his climate change agenda, as he mentioned yesterday, put it out there. But according to President Biden's health report, he had a non-melanoma skin cancer removed, and that was attributed to excessive sun exposure. I can't tell you how many of those I've had removed growing up outside in the sunshine of central Washington. I've never seen myself as having cancer. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not sensitive enough to those things. Interesting. In April, President Biden said, I have asthma and 80% of the... <laughs> This is this is not funny, but he's honestly in April, just a few months ago, he said, quote, I have asthma and 80 percent of the people who, in fact, we grew up with have asthma. Then the White House later said, well, I mean, not 80 percent have asthma, but a lot of people suffer from asthmatic conditions and allergies and so on. Biden says that's why I and so expletive. Many other people I grew up with have cancer yesterday because of pollution. And so his new climate agenda is going to fix that for sure. And we just won't have any more pollution or cancer. So we can look forward to that. Pray for the president. I can be critical of his policies, but he is a person. And just pray for him as the Bible directs us to do. I know it's difficult, but pray for him. Second Chronicles chapter 7, 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. We need healing. We are in desperate straits in America today. I want to talk to you a little bit about the train wreck that was once the light, the city on a hill, 
it is today a train wreck. Founding Father, Second President John Adams, he said in 1776, he said, government is instituted for the common good, for the protection, safety, prosperity, and happiness of the people, not for profit, honor, or private interest of any one man, family, or class of men. Does any of that ring a bell? Of course it does. Over three-quarters of voters believe President Joe Biden's America is on the wrong track, according to a Wednesday morning consult political poll. The poll asked respondents, quote, Now, generally speaking, would you say that the things in the, uh, that things in the country are going in the right direction, or have they pretty seriously gotten off on the wrong track? It's one thing to recognize and even define the problem, but it's quite another to come up with some solutions. I want to talk about the problem in America today, but I also want to talk about the solutions. I think they're unbelievably good solutions. You can decide. Well, we'll go through a few of them here in a few moments. In in responding to the problems, Mark Alexander, he writes for the Patriot Post. I think he's the main guy there. But anyway, they put out some pretty good stuff. I read, I'm on their list, and when I get their things, I read it. He said yesterday, Mark Alexander, Patriot Post, I, I included this in an article that I wrote on our website, faithandfreedom.us, and I write one every weekday, except when I take off a few days, and I'm going to be taking off a few days here right away. I need a break. But uh, anyway, I I uh, posted that on there. I linked to it on there. I quoted him, and I always link to people I quote. But um, anyway, Alexander, he said yesterday, he said, let me just drop this right up top. As far as Democrat Party failures go, the most obvious would be Joe Biden. He is the demo lemmings Pied Piper, the front man for the dumpster fire now consuming our nation. We'd be remiss if we didn't give a big shout out to all the dullard demo voters who are responsible for this wreckage. Well, he's right by all accounts. It is a train wreck, and we are off the rails. There's no question. His article is excellent. I recommend you read it. That's why I put it in the article I wrote. He identifies the economy as the greatest point of dissatisfaction, and it usually is in every poll. He's right. The lack of leadership and other failed Biden policies all follow. It all comes down to the president. He sought the office. He wasn't conscripted. In fact, he said that was his goal for his life. And he quotes, he quotes Alexander, quotes political observer Charles Hurt. You may see him on Fox. He shows up on their programs quite often, always has something good to say, sometimes a little cutting, but, but good. He's very conservative. And he shows up on the conservative shows on Fox. Some of them don't have him. But he said just this week, Biden gives hope to imbeciles everywhere. <laughs> And he also noted, Biden has certainly kept his inaugural promise to unite the country. He has united a majority of Americans against him. I think this pretty much, it may be a little crass, but it pretty much captures where America is today. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent, people are saying, how did we get here? Well, we got here by filling out a ballot and sticking it in a box somewhere. And then a whole bunch of other stuff that I personally believe was going on in this election. And there's a, enough evidence that anybody that'll take it on and look at it would agree, I think. But I'll tell you, that Delaware train station that 
just renamed themselves for President Joe Biden. That train has no more passengers. Even the scribes of the news media are forsaking him. The New York Times has been running this series of articles on basically removing the president. I mean, they're not using those words, but that's what it's about. 78% in this poll out this week said the nation is on the wrong track under this leadership. Only 22% said we're on the right track in America. The survey also found that 14% strongly approve of President Biden, while 42% strongly disapprove. That puts his approval rating at 28 points, underwater, as they say, negative. Overall, 58% disapprove of the Biden administration, 38% approve of him personally, but not necessarily all of his policies. Well, that's amazing. Then there's this. The poll comes as the president's mental ability seems to have impacted his overall approval. 62% in this poll say that he is not fit to be president because he's too old. A majority of voters believe he is unfit to be president and doubt his mental ability. They see a cognitive decline. I think we've all seen that. And I've mentioned that on this program. And I, I have empathy for him. I profoundly disagree with him on almost everything he believes and says. But I have empathy toward him because he is experiencing the course of human events and living out our lives. And while he may be loved by family and all of that, he should not be leading any nation, particularly the greatest nation in the world. It just should not be happening. And I think most everybody is coming around to that conclusion now. The Democrats are scurrying around trying to figure out who to plug into that spot. They certainly don't want Kamala Harris, from what I read. I'm not in touch with the Democrats, and they don't invite me to their secret meetings, but I have observed, like you have, I'm sure, that I don't think they want Kamala driving the train either. I think about 41% who aren't saying that they're worried or that the nation is off the wrong track I think they're just afraid to say it out loud. They might be shunned, as the Amish say, by their friends. Yesterday afternoon, President Biden, President Biden announced his national climate emergency. This will make the day for Al Gore and Ocasio-Cortez. And what is the Indian lady's name? Elizabeth Warren? Oh, no, that's right. She wasn't an Indian. She thought she was. She's all in on this, too. It'll make her day as well. It'll also enrich a few despots in third world countries, and of course, Hunter Biden and a few friends, I'm pretty sure will take note of this new climate change agenda. But it's not going to do anything for those that are not on the government take, whether they're little despots in third world countries. I've been in those countries. I've lived among the people for days at a time, not permanently, building churches, starting churches, evangelism, reaching villages and cities with the message of the gospel in missionary work. Those guys, they get money from the United States. It doesn't even hit the counter in their little backroom office. It goes right into their pocket and into a Swiss bank account. I mean, that's common knowledge. And this, this climate change ruse is all about that. It's about redistributing the wealth of the world. I think we're looking through a glass darkly. President Biden certainly is. He doesn't understand the future, but he wants 
He wants to see a future, but he has no vision. And we, the people, are perishing. Because the southern border remains unsecure, fentanyl has become the greatest killer among 18 to 45-year-olds. While claiming to be a devout Catholic Christian, he has devoted enormous effort to undermining faith and freedom and family and marriage, the foundational building blocks of American liberty. He refuses to listen to the appeals of his own church leadership. They're asking him, please, Mr. Biden, please don't do this. Please don't be such a banner carrier for abortion. The church does not believe in abortion. And he continues saying, I'm a devout Catholic. I am the champion of abortion. I, I don't know. I don't know how you even assess that disconnect. Nancy Pelosi is the same thing. The president refuses to listen to the appeals of his own church. They're asking him to value the sanctity of life, and he's saying no to them. Alexander says in his piece in the Patriot Post, he says these are the nemesis of their of Biden's agenda. He said Pride Month may be over, but the Rainbow Mafia is never content. They're not. They never stop. The Mafia continues to push further and further into the American family by being embedded in public education, in entertainment, in the mind of uninformed parents. And that's why we talk about be informed so often on this program. We've got to be informed. Uninformed people are destroyed. That's a biblical principle. The mafia, the rainbow mafia, continues to push in public education and entertainment. And yes, in the mind of uninformed parents. But the silent Christians bear some responsibility. Even some pastors, they're afraid to speak up for fear of cultural scorn. To be shunned, as I said a moment ago. As America's children are abused and groomed under the oversight and the undying support of this president, he is by his own claim, this is not me, this is he speaking. By his own claim, he is the banner carrier. He's boasted that he, as vice president, convinced President Obama to go public with his personal support of same-sex marriage. He said that repeatedly. This week, House Democrats, with the support of 47 Republicans, passed the so-called Respect for Marriage Act, which is the highest act of disrespect toward an institution that God himself created. He created it for the sustainability of the human race. Traditional biblical marriage between one man and one woman. How can 47 Republicans join the Democrats on such an issue? Well, I'm looking into that. We'll talk about that more tomorrow or in a few days. But how does that work? C.S. Lewis, we always hear about progress, always wanting to make progress. Well, we're making progress. Kabbalah Harris can't give a three-line speech without using the word progress ten times, it seems. C.S. Lewis, he said this about progress. I'm quoting him. Quote, C.S. Lewis, progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be. And if you've, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I need I need more coffee this morning. In fact, let me just take a sip. <clears throat> that should help. Boy, it sure tasted good. C.S. Lewis said progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be. And if you've taken a wrong turn, then go forward 
does not get you any nearer. If you are on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. (laughs) Well, that flies in the face of the progressive's national anthem. But let's take a look. Let's take a look at America's founding principles. I think the solutions to every aspect of this train wreck that we have in America today is addressed first and foremost by God himself. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. That is the beginning point. That is the beginning point because it is the beginning point. It is the eternal infallible, inerrant word of God. That's where this nation began. It began with the principles, or principles of liberty, and I included these principles, and I'm not going to be able to go through all of them. There's 20-some of them. But I want to talk just about a few of them, 28 of them. But I included that in the article that I wrote today, and I'm not trying to get you to go on our website. I just would like you to know the information that I put on there. I mean, it's beyond what I say, but it's, I think it's providential in the founding of this nation and it's providential in the saving or the restoration of this nation. Beginning first by humbling, praying, seeking God's faith, turning from our wicked ways, and then hearing from heaven. But in these principles, principle number one, Principles of Liberty, it's called. You may have seen it published. The only reliable basis for sound government and just human relations is natural law. Natural law is God's law, of course. There are certain laws which govern the entire universe, such as Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence, there are laws which govern in the affairs of men, which are, quote, the laws of nature and of nature's God. That's what they were talking about. There are immutable principles at play in the universe. It's called natural law, and it has to do with God himself, the laws of nature, and nature's God. God created nature. God spoke into existence the heavens and the earth. And yet we spend billions of dollars trying to figure out how the universe was started, how it came into being. I would, I would tell them for a mere 10% of those billions of dollars. Just read the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Principle number two in these principles of liberty is a free people cannot survive under a Republican constitution unless they remain virtuous and morally strong. Benjamin Franklin said, and I quote him, only a virtuous virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more and more need of masters. We become dependent. That's what's happening in America. We've created a class of dependency. Lyndon Johnson started that with his great society and all of that. Going to put a chicken in everybody's pot or whatever. Principle number three is the most promising method of securing a virtuous people is to elect Virtuous leaders always strive, always strive to try to to elect the best people. 
None of us are perfect. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Samuel Adams said, he said, neither the wisest constitution nor the wisest laws will secure the liberty and happiness of people whose manners are universally corrupt. If therefore is the truest friend to the liberty of this country who tries most to promote the virtue and who will not suffer a man to be chosen unto any office of power and trust who is not a wise and virtuous man. That's pretty direct. That's straight talk. Principle number four, without religion, the government of a free people cannot be maintained. George Washington himself, he said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion, and morality are indispensable supports, and let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. And yet we live in a society today that is beating the freedom of religion, freedom of expression, to death. If a kid stands up at a graduation ceremony, a 16, 18-year-old kid graduating from high school who she or he is the valedictorian and they say something about Jesus Christ, they're banned in advance if, if the school district can get to them. Our society has turned up 180 degrees. Anything that might suggest there is a God and that God is involved in the affairs of the human race, that is banned. It is, it is mocked in some cases. That's the problem. The problem isn't we're running out of gas. That's a, that's a symptom of the problem. Empty shelves in stores and all of this stuff that we're dealing with now under this very deficient administration, it's not, it's not because the truck got lost on the way to the grocery store. It's because of these issues. Are in, we violated them. We violated God, and God can't be violated successfully. When are we going to learn this? Only when a spiritual renewal takes place in America will we be restored. And we've got to push for that and pray for that and invest in those who are speaking to those issues. Principle five is all things were created by God. Therefore, upon him, all mankind are equally dependent and to him they are equally responsible All mankind, principle six is all mankind were created equal. The founders knew that, they knew this, that all mankind are theoretically treated as equal before God, equal before the law, and equal in their rights. And when we can get that straight, then the freedom, we have the freedom to try, we have the freedom to buy, we have the freedom to sell, we have the freedom to fail. But oh no, equity has taken over the whole world now. It's not about equal opportunity, it's about equal outcome. Because the masters then can rule the race of life. Well, I wish I had another hour to talk today, but I don't. So I'll go tell my wife the rest of this. No, thank you for being with me today. It's always a privilege and a pleasure. And thank you so much for your support. We need it. Box 399 Bellevue 988. 009. I'll see you right here tomorrow.